Just before our children leave, let's stay in an attitude of prayer. We just sang this beautiful song, Lord, I need you, oh, I need you. Let's, let's go before the Lord right now, and, and here's what I would invite you to do. Just sit there quiet for a moment. Let your heart and your mind settle. What do you need of God today? What do you need? Do you need comfort? Do you need strength? Do you need assurance? Do you need trust? Do you need forgiveness? Lord, I pray and I ask that you have brought to mind what we need of you. Lord, sometimes uh, I come before you and I say, Lord, not what I know I need, but you show me what I need. You tell me what I need, Lord, because I can presume a lot. And so, Lord, as we've brought to mind things that we know that we need of you, I pray that our hearts and our minds would be open to to receive that which you would tell us, hey, no, this is what you need. Maybe we need encouragement. Maybe we just need to hear you say that you delight in us and that you love us. Maybe we need to hear you say, I know it's wrong and I hate it too. Lord, not only do we want to come and presume that we know what we need of you, Lord, we pray and we ask that you would show us what we need of you. Give us eyes to see it, ears to receive it, hearts to receive it. Lord, I pray. I pray that you would be with us this day. Lord, that you would attend to those things that we know that we need and you would reveal to those things, to us those things that we do not yet know that we need. I pray these things in the mighty resurrected name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm going to invite our children to go at this time. Children, thanks for staying with us. If you want to go to Children's Church, you're welcome to do so. If you want to stay here, worship with mom and dad the rest of the time and congregation, you're welcome to do that as well. All right. So uh, the other day I was, uh, I was doing something that y'all might find yourselves doing from time to time. I was, I was getting ready for the new year and so I decided I needed to kind of do some cleaning and some organizing in my office. And so I was getting files, all, uh, you know, all my 2023 files. I was kind of getting them all in order. And, and, um, and, and, and just truth be told, I always start out like really, really good intentioned uh, with my organization skills. Y'all might, might find affinity with this too. But, but what happens often is, is then life just starts happening. And then I just start setting things down. And, um, and, and then I find that I have like stacks of 
like I know it's in this stack of paper. I just don't know what all else is in that stack of paper. Well, well, I was I was going through and I was I was sorting out all these all these um, diff, different stacks, and I came across I came across the message I preached last year on the first Sunday of 2023, and. Um, Y'all probably could tell me better than I could tell you right now because y'all remember it so well, right? But if you don't remember, let me refresh your memory. Uh, the title of last, the, the sermon that I preached last January 1st, the title was The Threat of a New Year. It was The Threat of a New Year. And, and I want to tell you about this because, because what, what I found is that like while I was very assured and convinced and convicted that this is the word that the Lord wanted me to preach, I now know how preparatory it was for Friendswood Baptist Church. And so in part, I want to tell you a little bit about this because I want us to see how faithful God is in preparing us for things. Even when we don't know how he's preparing us or what he's preparing us for, we need to see how faithful God was in preparing us. And so, so I'm just going to tell you a little bit about that message. So the threat of the new year, what was the threat of a new year? Well, we found it in Malachi chapter number three. And, and in Malachi, the book of Malachi as a whole, the Lord comes down and, he, and he's calling out his, his people Israel. And he's saying to them, hey, you've, kind, you've been going through the motions. And he's calling out various things that they're doing and, and in part like they'll show up and they'll worship, you know, they'll bring their sacrifices, but their sacrifices are corrupt. And then the priests aren't, aren't, aren't being holy and set apart like they need to be. And, 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 and ultimately he gets down to chapter 3 verse 13 and, and he says, basically he says, your words have been stout against me. Yet you say, what have we spoken so much against thee? He's really trying to say, hey, listen, the reason why you're going through the motions, the reason why you're, why you're not worshiping me from your heart, is, is, it's like that is because you have said it is vain to serve God. What profit is it that we have kept his ordinance, and that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts? He says, he says, listen, you are going through the motions because you're not seeing a profit, a benefit in doing Doing all the things that I'm asking you to do. And I said the threat of a new year, and it happens every year, every new year, is that there's this general threat of a new year that, hey, it's another year in which the Lord hasn't returned. And the war in uh, Ukraine is still going on. Now there's new wars and there's new threats and there's new dangers. Uh, the, the evil people haven't been put down, and, 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 and it seems not even just that the evil haven't been put down. It seems like the evil and the wicked and, the, and, and, and those who tempt God, as they'll say in the next verse, it seems like, uh, you know, the, the, the proud are blessed. The, the ones who work wickedness, they're set up, they're raised up to places of authority and places of, 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 of influence. And, and even those who tempt God, they are delivered, they're freed. So every time we have a new year, there's this threat that comes up that says, for us who are looking for Jesus to return, it's like, okay, here we are again. It's another year. 
I said, but, but beyond that general, that general thing is we don't know what's in store for Friends of Baptist Church. And this is, what's, this is what captivated me as I was like, I found these notes and I went back and I listened to the sermon and I was like, oh my goodness. I said, because we might come out of 2023 more wounded than we went into 2023. Is that not true? We might come out of 2023 and not have more people at Friends with Baptist Church, but we might have lost some people at Friends with Baptist Church. I said, we might be, go into 2023 and we might continue to do everything that the Lord asked us to do, to serve and to love and to care for people, and they will say thank you, and they will not find their home here at Friends of Baptist Church, but they will find it at another church in our community. And those things will threaten us as a congregation to say, what's the, why are we, why are we spinning our wheels? Why do we keep being faithful? Why do we keep showing up? Why do we keep serving? Why do we keep pouring ourselves out if people aren't going to? If we have an idea of Little C Church, if they're not going to end up here, if their ties aren't going to come here, if, if their talents and their abilities, oh, listen, people think that pastors only think about tithes, and we have to think about tithes because finances are a real thing. But I promise you, more than tithes, sometimes I look at it and I'm like, oh, somebody who comes into our church and they go, man, we don't have this thing going on here. And, and, and I'm like, yeah, but you could bring it. And they're like, no, I'm going to go over here. And they end up going to another place and they give them their talents and their skills and their abilities. And that can be hard sometimes. So as I see these notes, and I was like the threat of a new year, and I was like, man, I, I knew I was, like, I knew it was a, like a necessary word to preach. I knew that the Lord had given it. But then I'm sitting there, and I'm listening to it two weeks ago in my office, and I'm going, oh, my goodness, God. Oh, my goodness, you are so good to prepare us. even when we don't really know what lies ahead. And so for a moment, let's just sit here and stop and think about that and say, thank you, God. You prepared us for a year. That was very hard. We had to endure a lot of sorrow, a lot of loss, tragedy. And here's what I'll say is, he did prepare us because we're here right now. You're here right now. Like, like he prepared you, and it's not just that you show up. I know that your works and labors of love are not in vain. I've seen people resist this idea of, of, of comparing our church to other churches or comparing what we have going on here. Then people come in here and, 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 and I've told a lot of people this. Like one of the things that I can see about the people who are here at Friends of Baptist Church, you're here on purpose. With intention. And it's beautiful. After... After the first tragedy struck with Brother Scott, 
I saw a people come together, gather, be able to voice their memories and their laments. And, and there was this, y'all remember that service, that Thursday night service that we gathered here? Like, I didn't know what was going to happen going into that Thursday night service. I was just like, oh, my goodness. Because it was this huge, nasty situation that we had to deal with and sorrowful situation that we had to deal with. And I was really like, okay, how's this going to go? And it was so healing. And it was so, like the Lord just ministered to us in that time. So I'll say this. I am so thankful for God's faithfulness in preparing us. And, and, and I don't only think, oh God, you gave us a word to prepare us, but I have seen the fruit of his preparation in your lives. I'm thankful for you to allow God to prepare your heart and your life. I'm thankful that you continue to come and you can continue to make this place vibrant. Vibrant when we come together in worship. Vibrant when we come together in fellowship. We're not back there at Weekly Connect, you know, shuffling around, avoiding one another, <laughs> you know. And we're, we're, we're come together and everybody's excited to see each other and it's often too loud that you can actually pay attention to a conversation, right? So I want to say thanks to the Lord for his faithfulness. But as I think about God preparing us for things... It brought to mind a message that I preached a few weeks ago. And um, I thought, you know, we've had a lot going on since that message. All right, there we go. We've had a lot going on since that message. Like uh, we, some of y'all traveled. Some of y'all been sick and healed and recovered from that. Um, we had Christmas and all the holiday hustle and bustle that goes on with that. Uh, the new year, um, uh, y'all had kids out of school and that's been super fun. But what I said a few weeks ago, and it, it was on uh, the 17th of December, I was talking about how the Lord um, has invited us not just me, I didn't feel like just me, but I felt like pastorally he was saying, hey, I'm inviting y'all as a, as a congregation into this season of waiting. And that's not, that's not an easy thing to say at the beginning of the new year. Hey, we, we're, we're ready for the new year. Let's, let's get things. But I really do believe we're, we've been invited into this season of waiting on the Lord. Letting him heal us. Letting us find rest in him. Uh, letting uh, our, our anxieties and our anger and our resentments, letting all those things just kind of be ministered and nurtured and cared for. And, and so this morning I, I was just convinced that 
I couldn't preach that message a few weeks ago, and then we go through the holiday season, and it stick. Like, I'm just, uh, I, I don't know if it stuck with you, but I was just not really convinced that, like, y'all came out of the holiday season, and you were like, we're going to be waiting on the Lord, because here we are, we're at the precipice of a year, and it's almost like, okay, well, we got 2023 behind us, and now let's see what 2024 has in store, and what if 2024 doesn't have all that great in store for us? We don't know. But I do know this, I do know this, that given what 2023 was for our congregation as a whole, I mean, I, I'm just going to talk about this, like with people, you lose resources. Like you lose the resource of their time, energy, and talents. That might put more burden on some of us and stretch us a little bit. Uh, we lose the resources like you know, you think about financial resources that go into uh, to, to, to operating as a church as we have been. You think about the resources of, like, friendship and fellowship. Like, what we get from one another. And we get a lot from one another. When, 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 you, when you lose those things, you can get this scarcity mindset, the scarcity mentality. You can grow anxious and, and kind of concerned and like, we got to figure out the problem and we got to solve it now. And, and I can tell you, like, I have that in my heart and my mind and the Lord, I went before him and he said, all I need you to do is receive my rest. And receive my peace. And then, let me prepare you. And then I'll speak to you. And, and, and then, and then if, if there's a word that needs to, if, if, if I need to tell you something to do from there, then we'll do it. But right now, I just want you to receive. I just want you to wait and be patient with me. And so we went to Isaiah 40 and in Isaiah 40, uh, the Lord, it, it actually starts out with comfort, comfort my people, speak comfortably to them. They've paid double for all their sins. But here I am, I'm coming. God says, I'm coming, I'm going to rescue them. And they still are having a hard time believing this. And the Lord says, why sayest thou, O Jacob, why speakest, O Israel, that my way is hid from the Lord, my judgment is passed over from my God. Why do you think I don't see you? Why don't you think that I'm not paying attention to you? Why do you think that I, like I, I, my head's turned towards you or I'm blind to what's going on to you, going, what's going on in your world? And let's just stop there for a second. Have you ever felt that way? Let me ask you this question. Have you ever felt the freedom to tell God that you feel that way? <laughs> I, 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 I continue to persist in this pastorally that, I think a lot of people are afraid to even tell God that they think, are you even looking? Do you see me? But there's freedom. We know that there's freedom because, you know, A, the Lord calls it out, and he's not calling it out as, why are you saying this? He's like, hey, guys, this is a heart of compassion from our God. But we find it in Psalms all the time. God, don't turn your face away from me. Look at me, God. But he says, why, why do you think this? Why do you think that I don't care about you? 
He says, have you not known, have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he faints not. He doesn't lose wind. Some of y'all are starting out to work it out. This, get your exercise going again. And you find that you faint. <laughs> Maybe not just like metaphorically, uh, like literally. Um, but God doesn't get, he doesn't lose his breath. He doesn't, he, he doesn't get tired. He doesn't grow weary. There's no searching of his understanding. Who he is. Not only does he not grow faint, does he not grow weary, he's the one who gives power to the faint. He gives power to the ones who have no might or strength. He increases their strength. Let's just stop here for a second and let's think about this. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour, I need you. We, we, we could say in this verse, the Lord is trying to reveal, it's the ones who come to him in need and who know that they are in need. Maybe you don't know what your need is, like my prayer earlier. Hey, I know I need something, God. I'm not even going to presume that I know what I need, but I trust that you know what I need. Do I need power? Do I need strength? What do I need, God? But the ones who can come to him and say, God, I need you, those are the ones who are in the place to receive his power. Those are the ones who are in the place to be increased with his strength. See, Paul found this, and we, 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 we marvel at it, but we find it in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul, this, this guy who was this dynamo for the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, Paul, he was, he, was, he was just so zealous and so on fire. And so, like, he, he was about it. And when Paul had a thorn in his side, whatever that metaphor, that image is supposed to represent... And he went to the Lord three times and he said, God, remove it to me. Each time the Lord told him, Paul, I don't think you get this. I don't work at so much as you are powerful and able and equipped. But Paul, listen, my strength is always made perfect. It's always made complete. We can say it's always revealed through weakness. See, see, that's what's so beautiful about God. And we talked about this a few weeks ago. What's so beautiful about God is that he has revealed himself in this vulnerable, frail, human Jesus. And if you don't like a vulnerable, frail, human Jesus, then you do not accept the Gospels. Because the Gospels reveal not a man who came with great pomp, in circumstance, and who walked proud, and who always had a stiff upper lip, but the Gospels reveal that God came in flesh and blood to a man who was despised and rejected of many. 
to a man who people looked at and said, God must be against him. After all, after all, you don't get sentenced to death, death on a cross, unless God is really against you. Because if God be for me, who can stand against me? But the beautiful, mind-twisting, upending reality of God is that God says, I am going to come and frail, vulnerable humanity so that you can see and so that it can be revealed that I am actually the authority over all heaven and all earth so that you can see that I am the king of kings and the lord of lords so that you can see that I am the liberating king who loves you God is always about giving power to the man. this is Jesus's sermon on the mount blessed are those who mourn Blessed are those who are persecuted for my name's sake. Blessed are those who are the peacemakers. And I'm not talking about the old peacemakers. I'm talking about the people who will lay down their arms. And surrender themselves so that peace can be made. He gives power to the faint. He gives strength to those who have no might. And this is a recognition for us today is that we have to recognize, be in that posture, be in that place. Lord, I need you. I need you. I don't have anything to bring. I need you. And I'm not even going to presume to know what to bring. I'm going to ask you what I need of you. And this is what's true of the strength that he gives. He says, even the youths shall faint and be weary. He's talking about young, strong, like able, confident people. Simone Biles even gets weary, right? This strong, confident, able-bodied, like wild athlete, Simone Biles. Even she'll grow weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Who, who gets this? Those who wait upon the Lord. Those who say, God, I'm here and I have nothing to bring because I'm weary. Those who come to God and say, God, I am here and I have no strength because all my strength is wasted. God, I have no breath. But God, I'm here and I trust that you're the one who looks at the ones who have no strength, who have no power, who have no breath. Those who are wasted and you say, I will give to you abundantly. I'll give to you abundantly. And so I said uh, a couple weeks ago, and I believe that the Lord was preparing us not just for 
that day, but for this season that we're in, that we should be in this season of waiting, trusting the Lord. And I want us to, I want us to see that, like, to wait on the Lord in this season, these are some things that the Lord's showed me, and I believe it's good for our congregation, is that we seek healing from grief and wounds. See, I, I, I suppose that the last couple weeks have been real busy, that you probably haven't even had five minutes to yourself to seek healing from grief and wounds. Can I say, like, as we walk through this, these things are going to take some intentionality, And they're going to take us going to the Lord and saying, God, I need this from you. I need you to give this to me. I need you to show me the way forward on how I can receive healing. It's going to require that we take at least five minutes a day. I would, I would venture, we could start there, of us just sitting before the Lord. And saying, God, I... I'm in a place of need. And I'm going to receive from you. We're going to choose peace. Uh, peace has to be chosen over fears and anxieties. We have to choose peace over, uh, and just thinking practically about a church and the resources. Hey, God, I'm not going to be worried about that. I'm not going to see how I can figure this problem out. I'm not going to see where these resources are going to come from. I'm just going to, I'm going to say, fear, you can come back tomorrow. But it's not just fears and anxieties that we have to choose peace from. It's angers and resentments. I talked about this a few weeks ago, and, and maybe in the moment you felt good, but, but maybe it, it keeps creeping up, and you keep thinking, okay, why did they leave here for there? And you want to have some judgment, and you want to have some anger, and you want to have some resentment over that. You have to choose peace. And whenever I say choose peace, let's say this. I believe that peace is both something that we, we choose to pursue and we also have to choose to receive. Because Jesus said, my peace I leave with you. And so we have to receive that. We have to take that in. Jesus didn't say, my chaos I leave with you. My anxiety I leave with you. My, 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 my anger I leave with you. We need to posture ourselves for service and generosity, dismissing the notion of self-preservation. Again, whenever you think about a church and you think about resources and you think about manpower, and you think about some of you are so stretched like thin, you're just like, oh my goodness. Now that's another thing I'm going to have to do. That's another thing I'm going to have to do or whatever. It's like, no, no, no. I'm going to posture myself to serve and to be generous. This isn't about us preserving Friendswood Baptist Church as it stands. 
we're preserving all of our resources here because we're so scarce of our resources, we've got to preserve them. I was reminded, you know, whenever this came to my heart and my mind from the Lord, it was like God was going, I not only, I don't work in self-preservation, I work in selfless love. But also God goes, I don't work from a place of scarcity. I'm the God of abundance. And he wants us to understand and trust his abundance. And, and his abundance doesn't always look like it all works out on paper. Sometimes like you're like Gideon and you've dwindled your army down to just a few hundred and you are able to go in and you are able to conquer something much greater than yourself, not because you had all the resources on paper, but because you had the power and the might to not grow weary, to not faint, but to soar. And then uh, as we think about this season, this awesome P word that we all love, patience. I don't know how long the season lasts, do you? I know how long I want it to last. I want it to be over yesterday. Right? God knows us. He knows our hearts. He knows what we need. He, he knows what it's going to take to heal your wounded heart. He knows that you choosing peace one day is going to be met with you bitter or you anxious the next day. And he knows that this repeated discipline you into a place where you say, okay, I receive peace. He knows that your service one day can be met with feeling owed and compensated the next day because I served yesterday. Right? I did it yesterday. Now where's where's my payment? So, if we understand that God knows us, that he will give us the strength that we need, that he will in, uh, give us the, the, the breath we need to run and not grow weary, then we have to know that, that this season that we are invited into by God, where it's going to look like on the surface nothing much is happening. We got to know, like, this season of patience is actually God being merciful to us. Just as his patience to the lost sinner is mercy, because he's giving them time to repent, time to turn about, his mercy to his children, or his patience to his children is mercy, because he's going, I know what you need. I'm, don't forget, I'm the God who's faithful to prepare you. I want you to be the people who are diligent to wait. Diligent to wait. And to wait not upon a new program. Not upon a new, a new check. Not upon a, just, just new people. I want you to wait upon me. I want you to wait upon me.
Like I said, this is going to take some intentionality from us. And it's not just going to take me being intentional within myself. Like husbands and wives, let's hold each other up. Let's hold each other up. If you, if you have a, a group of people that you rely upon in this church to, who, 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 who like iron sharpens iron, let's hold each other up. So like if somebody is going like, oh man, we better get some people in here. We don't know what's going to go on. You can just go, okay, yeah. You can be patient with them, just like God is patient with you. You don't have to rebuke them. Don't you say that? Preachers don't have to say that. But you can lovingly Subtly, through the Spirit, either keep your mouth shut and go, I'm going to pray for you quietly in my heart that God will help you choose peace. Or you can say, I know you feel that way. I felt that way too. Or if the Lord wants you to do it, you can say, get out from him, demon. You can say, I feel that way too, and I love you, and let's walk with this. Let's walk to the Lord together. Let's go see what God has to say about this. <sighs> Here's what I want y'all to know is that as a church, not only will we need to do this for ourselves, and will we just encourage you to do it, as, as a church, we're going to help lead in this direction that we can have some moments where we can come together and we can just wait before the lord because here's what i'm convinced of your life is busy your days are full your schedule is overwhelmed and i'm convinced of this that that it's kind of the job of me as a pastor and as a church as an institution to provide space for you just to be before the Lord. As much as there's time and space that we have to give to come together and to fellowship and to come together and to worship and to come together and open the word and study the word together, there also has to be time that we provide that you can come and you can just be before the Lord and there's no, there's no song, there's no prayer, there's no study, there's nothing. It's just us before the Lord. Because I'm convinced of this. It's as much of a duty for me to lead and for us as a church to lead one another in this as it is anything else because you have no time otherwise. And if we don't help make the time, you won't have the time. And I won't have the time. And truth be told, if we don't teach teach one another to make the time, we'll never make the time. Because this, this in our world seems fruitless, unproductive, lazy. senseless there's enough resources for you to go read and you can figure out how to get this church right back on where you're on up and to the right growing this seems unprofitable 
but we sang the song, Lord, I need you. And that's not just about singing a song. It's about sitting before him and saying, I have nothing. My hands are empty. My mouth fails the word. My mind cannot conjure, cannot compute the answers. You, God, have to give it to me. And so we're going to do this as individuals. We're going to do it. I hope we can help each other out, but we are also going to do this as a church. And so our new year is going to start out in preparation and waiting. And we're going to trust that God is going to be faithful in our preparation and waiting. And I'm going to trust that we're going to be diligent in the preparation and the waiting. And so let's start right now. Let's start with no song to sing, no prayer to offer, and let's just spend, I'm just going to give us one minute, I'm going to do a counter, one minute of us just sitting before the Lord and saying, God, I don't know what I need, but I trust you do. And after that minute, I'll pray, and then we'll be dismissed. Does that sound good? Go before the Lord. Let me open us like this. Lord, we come before you. Trusting that you're the God who prepares us and who meets us in our waiting. Meet us in this waiting, we pray.